Hi everyone, this is Dr. Chris from Fimia. Obviously, this is not the usual way I start off the podcast, but I wanted to let you know and also apologize about a rather large technical issue that we had during the recording of this podcast. My workhorse computer of nine long years took its last breath, unfortunately, right at the end of the recording of this podcast. So in the last five minutes, you will notice a drastic reduction in the quality of recording. Luckily, I had cameras recording, so I was able to lift the audio from them, but it's not as good a quality as the rest of it. So I do apologize, but it was too good just to leave off because the content uh, has Ivan McWilliams and also Martin McKenzie, my guests for this episode, speaking about the release of their uh, the book that they're um, that they've been working on for the past 10 years, Twina, an integrative approach. So once again, I do apologize for the drop in quality, uh, but still the content is amazing and very worthwhile listening to. So I'll uh, get on to the podcast now. I just wanted to remind you that Kickstart Your Clinic, the acupuncturist essential guide to setting up business will be released soon. That's on the 12th of July. So watch out for that. That's coming soon. If you are interested in more podcasts and all things acupuncture related articles and CPD courses online, please go to fimia.com.au. So now I'll leave you with the podcast, Ivan McWilliams and Martin McKenzie. I hope you enjoy. This is Dr. Chris Ferris, registered acupuncturist, and welcome to FimiaCast, the official podcast for the Faresian Institute of Modern Integrated Acupuncture. If you are an acupuncture practitioner or student, or you have an interest in acupuncture, then make sure you go to fimia.com.au and sign up for free to get notifications on our latest courses and resources. My guests on FimiaCast for this episode are Martin McKenzie and Ivan McWilliams, Chinese medicine practitioners in Australia with a passion for tweenar massage. After studying oriental medicine and practices such as qigong and shiatsu, Martin found himself as a student to Ivan in an eight-month apprenticeship where he learned firsthand the clinical application of tweenar. Since then, the pair have remained close, and after almost a decade of gathering techniques, case studies, treatment approaches and protocols, they are now on the home stretch of completing their collaborative effort, Tweenar, an integrative approach, a comprehensive guide and resource for students and practitioners. Well-traveled and brimming with experience, they have both played a substantial role in the development of Tweenar as we know it in Australia today, as educators and teachers of manual therapies and Chinese medicine. Martin was one of my lecturers in both Tweenar and acupuncture throughout my degree, and I also had the good fortune of briefly meeting Ivan along the way. So it was an honor having two such highly influential individuals of Chinese medicine in Australia in the studio to find out their stories. Thuggish <laughs> acupuncturist, <laughs> tonologist. No, oh, what I, is it? Twin, twinologist. Twinologist is what I used to. Ah. Okay. Because it, it piques interest. It's yeah. not a term that's used. Yeah. No. But when I came back, someone said, "What do you do?" I said, "Twinology." Twinology. I like that. And uh, so, is that the term? And I said, "No. It's, I think it's twin a practitioner, but mm. twinology is tonight's what it what it is." Yeah. Ology yeah. is the the study of or the study of yeah. twina. Yeah. I'm a twinologist. And all of a sudden it becomes more legitimate because mm. you've given it an ology. Mm, twinologist. Mm. Mm. So I quite like that one. Confuses people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. A lot of them are still tuna. 
<laughs> you do that tuna stuff? <laughs> I said, no, uh, we don't use tuna. Yeah. Salmon. <laughs> but yeah. Whatever's in season <laughs> and ethically caught. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had a few say tuna. Yeah, I hear that uh, with, with students when, they, when they're first starting off. It's tuna. <coughs> yeah. Mm. Miss the eye. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a privilege and a huge honor to have you both along today on FemiaCast. You say that now. I do say that now. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> uh, Mark McKenzie and Ivan McWilliams, thank you so much for coming Pleasure. along. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So what's been happening? You tell them your life first. A whole lot of oh, hang on. Twinology. Um, how far are we going back? Uh, let's start with... This morning? Mm, let's. I want to go further back than that. We do have an, a whole hour. Hmm. Hang on, there's two of us. Well, okay. Half hour each. All right. Very or condensed. Either that or we have to speak twice as fast. Yeah, we could. We can do that too. We can oh speed it up gosh. in post. Oh my gosh. Okay. So uh, for myself as a student of both of you, very mm. briefly of yours in one session actually, when <laughs> you filled in for Martin. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, and you, of course, who were uh, you were a lecturer of mine for throughout my whole degree, um, so a big influence on my life as a practitioner and a lot of other students as well. What was it that brought you to Chinese medicine, Twina, acupuncture? I'll try and keep it brief, mm -hmm. which for me is really difficult. Um, Darkest period of my life, a friend introduced me to Qigong. Mm. Qigong brought about immediate benefits. Through a whole other series of circumstances, I was long-term unemployed, but really riding the system. So I'd drop in and off the dole, and I'd get enough work to make sure that I wasn't always on the dole, and then yeah. when I was just about to flip off the dole, I'd leave work yeah. and do all those sorts of things. Um, so pretty directionless and I had a case manager because I was classified long-term unemployed even though I sort of was but wasn't mm. I'd just been on the system and she asked about my star sign and a whole bunch of other stuff <laughs> <laughs> she was a bit of a hippie yeah. um, and then she said is there anything else that you're interested in at that point in time I was actually training to become a Qigong instructor and Tai Chi instructor, but my focus was in Qigong. Mm. And I said that I was curious about massage. And she said, well, if I, I think you'd be good at that because of your star sign, literally, mm. um, I'll buy you the time if you can find the money to go do it. So I did. Yep. And it started out as that. So I first studied Shiatsu, had a bunch of really unusual things happen during um during class and during practice mm, such but, as uh, just weird things happening with my hands and mm. stuff yeah so i had a whole bunch of questions figured that i well i kind of got the bug for doing stuff with my hands so when you say for for people uh listening and for novices of uh Qigong and and the arts such as that, what what is it the the strange things happening with your hands? The feeling is it a feeling sensations? Um, 
I don't know. Like things that happened in my head, I'd see things. Mm. Um, and I think I was in a really interesting state of not trying to work things out or not actually understanding what the hell was going on. So a lot could happen. So I hadn't put up those sort of mental roadblocks yeah. that we tend to do when we overthink. And I'm really good at overthinking. So had a whole bunch of questions, decided that I was probably going to pursue Shiatsu further, mm. but had a good look around at other courses and found Tweener. That was it. So I rang him on a Wednesday. I remember that. <laughs> you couldn't pick up. You said, I'll ring you back on the Saturday. And then I think I had three questions. <laughs> um, we talked for 40 minutes and I hung up and uh, just before I hung up, I said, I'll see you in July. I think that's when the course started. Something like that. Yeah. So we went through July for four months through to whatever four months is after July. November, I think we finished. <coughs> By the time we spread it out. Yeah. That was the little course I ran over at Kensington. Uh, no, that no, was... No, it was oh, just, you came into the early one on, at Sayhack. Mm -hmm. That a short one for him. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's where I met Martin. And so I did the full-blown tweener course yep. down in Adelaide. And I did everything backwards. So tweener was an elective out of the diploma. Mm. But it didn't have any prerequisites. So they couldn't say no. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I'd done shiatsu somewhere else mm. and went and did four electives, which people normally do late in their studies. Mm. And then... I went and did like a, a clinical apprenticeship with Ivan. I sat in with him in his rooms for, what was it, eight months? Yeah. About there. Yeah. And then I went back and did the rest of my studies. So yeah. <clears throat> I went and did, you know, your therapeutic, your sports, your remedial, myofascial mm. mm. and all the other subjects. Yeah. So I did, I kind of did everything upside down and back to front. Yeah. Which was good. Yeah, well, I guess you get, you get all the, uh, the, the clinical experience first. Yeah, that, that was excellent. Mm. So I actually saw how things could be put into practice. And Ivan works with Twainar and acupuncture. Mm -hmm. So I saw the two of them put together yep. very, very early. So that really shaped how I wanted to do things. And as I, um, it was towards the end of me sitting in with, with Ivan, he said, I'm about to kick you out soon. So what are you going to go do? I went, I'd like to study acupuncture. He went, Good idea. I said, yeah, but I'm going to go do the rest of my massage studies first. Mm. He went, even better idea. So for the next two years after that, I think, it was basically, I just took anything and everything I could. So I was working seven days a week, studying work about seven days a week. Yeah. And then moved up here to do acupuncture. Yep. Yeah. And then so you had already been uh, teaching and practicing tweener for some time before Martin yeah. came along? Yes, I yep. did before that. Mm. So... I think I started teaching at Sayhek probably 94 around that period. Mm. I was teaching sports massage. Just I, <clears throat> when I started, I wanted to be a naturopath. Yep. So uh, similar thing. Went through a dark period. Probably not that finest part of my life but uh, seems to be the, the uh, I, th I think everybody for us got, all doesn't <laughs> yeah, I think some people um, you, you get to make that decision I used to call them holy moments you know mm -hmm. you drop to your knee hold your sword and make a decision whether you want to go that way or that way I like that and um, I got forced into a corner through sickness and also what I was doing at the time 
and uh, someone just said, look, you know, you were at your, in your martial arts school, you, you're always fixing people. Why don't you do it for a living? Mm. Oh, I'm sure you can make a living out of that. <laughs> but <laughs> I always wanted to be a sorcerer, so I thought, you know, nutrition, be good. So I, I looked into a naturopathic course, mm. and I went and saw a guy named David Lomond, who was head of the Complementary Medicine Association when it existed. Mm. And I said, where can I get a good course for the cheapest price? You know, because it was expensive and wasn't a lot of choices in Adelaide. So he gave me a couple of um, courses to do online that were acceptable. Mm. And then he said, well, why don't you go do some body work as well, do sports matter. Always a good backup for a naturopath to do body work. Mm. Yeah, all right. So I went to Say Heck um, and learnt there. And then I started teaching that after I got that. Mm. And then there was a, I moved into a, a premises and there was a guy taught a little one year course on Chinese medicine and Chin Shindo acupressure. Mm. So he kept nagging me to, to do it. No, naturopath, go this way. Mm. Um, there was a lull in my studies, a couple of weeks. So I thought I'd go do some pressure points. Yep. And I loved the Chinese concept. Because he was teaching the theory of Chinese medicine, five element, mm. and the pressure points. And then I started putting them in on top of the normal sports yes, massage yep. and came up with this amazing new therapy that no one's ever thought of. Mm. You know, maybe two or three thousand years late, but still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was new to me. <laughs> so I was getting better results. And then um, I finished that. And that's pretty well what was going to stop. But I got an invitation to go to China through a guy running in New South Wales. Must have been looked at me up on the site somewhere. And hmm. two seats left. You know, do you want to come to China, Lewis Tweena? What's that? <laughs> and I've been pretty good in my life of going and doing something that looks interesting. Hmm. Uh, martial arts, the same thing. What's that? Rather than what was, you know, karate. That was common yes but this wasn't yeah and i'd never heard of tweener and was, so i did so i went over to china and saw what i wanted mm. and went oh, i gotta make that better so i just came back with like 50 books and started experimenting on my patients mm. <laughs> and i just got better and better at it I, I literally just added more from what i'd learned and then uh, yeah then i was asked would i run a little workshop and I did, and it filled up, mm. and I loved it. And then I wrote the diploma course, got that accredited, um, yeah. So, mm. And then it was just 12 years of teaching that, and in between shot off and learnt acupuncture as well, and another, another invitation, it wasn't for me, it was actually sent to the doctor next door. Oh, really? And someone put it in my room, I thought, oh, I'll go to that. <laughs> so I turned up at Brisbane <laughs> to this one week, introduction to acupuncture and saw all these doctors in there and I thought whoops the wrong place told him I said he said oh that was supposed to go to the doctor next door mm. I said oh I didn't look I just thought it was that looks interesting yeah and asked could I go study with him he said yeah six weeks later I went to Shrinker. yeah wow and then so yeah it's not been a really great plan not like something I woke up one morning. Yeah. Chinese medicine's the thing for me. It's always the best plan, isn't it? 
It was great. Yeah. And uh, Tweener became such a big, big part because I got good results. And I started looking at it very, very different mm. because I like to understand where things come from, even if it's not necessarily what you want to do now. And Tweener, there was bits forgotten. Mm-hmm. Everybody put it down to just sports and fixing injuries. And it's a it's a massively big part, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff. So, I mean, treating uh, like emotional gastrointestinal, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, migraines and kids' yeah. diseases. And when I saw that, so acupuncture without needles. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I wrote the course, I threw in as much as I could, uh, including the emotional stuff and chinos on them. You shoehorned everything in there. I packed everything in the classes that come in with their, this is how the class will run. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) That's how we'll get through that and I will add as much as I can Mm. in the time I have you to influence your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that you'll be intrigued by it rather Mm. than, I think, five of my students in the first class were just doing an elective to fill in time. Mm. Two went off and got acupuncture degrees. Yeah. So they just said, I only came in for two classes mm. and I got them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had um, that, that one uh, brief meeting with you in that, that lecture. Um, at the time, you were quite a... Um, the, the name was like quite revered around, <laughs> around uh, endeavors. Like, oh, it's Ivan. Ivan's teaching the class. I remember you walking in um, and I think we were all a bit intimidated. Yeah, I and then that. yeah, and then, but then you started talking. I'm like, oh, this guy's a teddy bear. He's, <laughs> he's so nice. And then, but it, but it, even that, you, you would you would um, demonstrate a few uh, massage skills, and one particular one with me, you did. You like you pressed somewhere here, and then up here, and then you stuck your finger in my um, up into my liver, and um, it was very interesting. Mm. And then, but you were able to discern things from um, those uh, brief. Um, moments where you laid your hands on me mm-hmm. and the other students and you were able to tell us stuff that you couldn't possibly know without us, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting that the body, and that's what we've written in our, you know, the book we've come up with is they, in the past, that's what they did. Mm. Half the diagnosis wasn't the question. It was what they felt, saw, and had learnt to decipher. Yeah. Uh, that's the pulsing in in acupuncture and everything, but pulsing I added to the tweener. Okay. Because it wasn't taught where I was. Yeah. Um, you got all the other stuff, mm. um, but they didn't do much of the pulsing. In China, they won't do pulsing with acupuncture. Really? Nope. No. It's for herbs? Yep, that's yeah. it. Mm. Yeah, our, the degree that's taught here is a bit of a amalgamation of things, isn't it? It's based like our acupuncture degree is based on herbal yeah. medicine. Well, the diagnosis part of it yeah. is yeah, yeah. Eight principal patterns is yes. a herbal method of diagnosis, and you get exposed to other things along the way. So you'll get exposed to Doctor Tan or Tongue, or though actually not Tongue because that's too complex. Mm. But you'll get exposed to Doctor Tan and other other methods or other systems. But principally, you, we're taught to think as eight principal pattern practitioners. Yeah. And is that from your experience, having been to China, is that... In China, they'll do whatever. Okay. We sat in with the doctor and we were looking at the points he was using for um, a lower back. And 
there were a couple of randoms in there and we just said well what are those points and the doctor didn't want to answer us at that point in time mm. so we just kept pestering him I'm like what are those points what are they, what are they for and the answer finally came back oh it's time related acupuncture so he okay. he used he would start his treatments off by doing the points that are appropriate at that point in time yep and matt one of the guys was that was in the group pulled out his little phone and just said which system because mm. i think there's about six different systems now the doctor had a big desk with all of the charts there under glass okay so he'd look it up for the day and then have it in his head right it's this day these points and i think we were kind of china can be a bit of a grind mm. it's a, it's an amazing experience but it can also be a bit of a grind as as a white person and um matt looked it up and just said tell him he's wrong <laughs> so what do you mean he said it's the wrong points for the day <laughs> 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 and that didn't go down well at all. That really wasn't the right thing to say. Um, so, but that just exposed us to people would use all sorts of different treatments. Yes. Um, there was a guy that he special. He called it fire and water. So he would use point injection therapy along with fire needles, mm -hmm. and it was one of the most confronting things I've ever seen. Mm. So he would be you know, six inch needles through the back into the uterus and heavy stimulation to induce cramps to treat fibroids. <laughs> like, it was brutal. Now, we can't practice like that here. Mm, why but, not? Oh, gee, I wonder why. <laughs> um, but it does expose you to the, like the broad- Absolute variety. Of yeah, the, the possibilities of treatments yeah. that are available yeah. and can be done. Yeah. It can also show you that um, you can do fairly adventurous things, I'll say, mm. um, with... Yeah, actually, I don't know what the injury rate was there. But um, it just exposed you to a whole bunch of stuff. So um, that kind of taught me to be unscared about deep needling in certain areas. Mm. I mean, you, you can't be stupid. Mm. But it did show me what could be done and what was done regularly with probably little detriment to the to the patient apart from pain yeah yeah it was yeah. interesting you know, i found that um using the tweener i don't need to do that mm -hmm. i can keep the needling shallower um less invasive uh, because i'm not relying on the acupuncture to do all the work yes so the tweener would i mean some of it's very uncomfortable but it's all within the patient's um, acceptance level mm. so we stay within that and that also gives me other things I mean uh, people would ask you know I can feel that somewhere else well, you know that's a trigger point yeah but some didn't add up to trigger points either okay so there's inflammatory points or whatever you want to call them issue points so I learned a diagnosis to go with it because when you're touching people pressing the gut or in their arm or something, you would get sensations that I could understand how the, uh, the Taoists understood, you know, this is chi moving, uh, an explanation for the feel. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the little section we got on demon hunting, 
It's not mate. little. <laughs> my, my son is, and and rightly, he rolled his eyes a little bit. Yeah. And I said, well, that was the term used because yeah. they couldn't understand why a person had altered their mood, the way they didn't get well. Uh, back then, many cultures thought you were invaded by demons. Yes. Um, we've just got different names for PTSD, generalized anxiety, you know, infection, mm -hmm. uh, low-grade infections. But they did come up with treatment plans and uh, Tweena got somewhere shrunk that it was just a skeletal musculoskeletal medicine yeah, yeah. and it wasn't originally it was probably the one thing everybody could do mm. you know you could teach that to the, the village healer would use more you know bone setters putting the bone back together and yeah. understanding that we, we carry stress and there were points that you could hold touch and interpret and then almost look mystical on some days because that's just the body telling you what's wrong mm. and you're looking for it. Mm. And, and mm -hmm. Western doctors used to do it. Yeah. You know, look down your throat, uh, what's the color of your skin, poke every part of your body where it was sore and poke diagnose you, you that way. But like even when I was a kid and I went to the doctor, he used to lay me down. Didn't yeah, matter yeah. what I was there for. Yeah. Checked you everywhere. Poke your belly, mm. percuss your back. Yeah. Do all that, check this out, make sure. And then somewhere along the line technology interfered and mm. we're, we're more reliant on that yeah. so um, but between a or any um, tactile um, art no matter what it is you learn about the person because you get to feel the person yes you know if you touch someone that you know is upset but you ask them how are you doing I'm fine mm. But you shake their hand or give them a hug and you know there's something wrong yes because you felt that yourself you say you're scared you're angry or whatever and the therapist feels that as well it's just that they keep shutting it off mm. you know they, and nobody shut it off for me yeah okay nobody interrupted it and said oh no that's just a muscle tight he didn't he tell me that's anger mm. and i go is that what it feels like he said inside yeah on the outside he looks calm yeah, but that's anger on the inside. Yeah. It's really tight, constrictive, and sinewy. Mm -hmm. uh, and and then he taught me how to press on an artery and feel the tension in the artery. Mm. And I can feel even. He said, "Oh, very person in a lot of grief." What? I just hear boom, boom, boom. But I guess like a safe cracker, eventually your fingertips get really, really. Yeah. Nice. And your, your mind stays open. And I, what I tried to teach was to get the students to keep their minds open, mm. not keep shutting it down, mm. to all the information coming, including the sounds the patient made when you press them, the way they presented it, the look on their face. I've got to say between it, there's always a, some looks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there sure is. <laughs> some of them don't look good. It's like, you know, I may have to leave. <laughs> but... Yeah, you can get a lot of information uh, about a person and then relay it to them and yeah. a lot of it's pretty accurate mm. enough to give a person an idea that you know that this may have benefit for them. Mm. Have you had any uh, experiences throughout your years of treating that have been quite uh, bizarre? Any yeah. 
like some anything you'd like to share any any well some of them i've kept quiet for years because honestly you would start to think i'm either loony or the patient is loony but Mm. they're not it's 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 the way the person reacts to what's happening Mm. i mean people have definitely had uh if they're being counseled with someone and they hit on a touchy subject there's definitely a react physical reaction and a reaction and these can be good or bad Mm. but i've had a couple where i think my i had to think about things a lot Mm. you know like what what just happened (laughs) um and one of them was a a psychiatrist i was actually uh, treating Mm. and um, they had a lot of childhood issues which they knew about uh but the person said, oh, I'm really good at sabotaging the healing because I know what to do. Mm. Um, I, I need somebody to approach it from a point of view. I can't test it. And I said, well, okay, we'll, we'll go real, real, real old school. Yeah. So basically it was, you know, someone called an exorcism, but it's not. Mm. What we did was a series of treatments that I'd learnt um one was the seven dragons treatment or the the series of points was supposed to help with emotional deep emotional stuff so i used that and then there was a mixture of some other um what do you call them rituals that were done not just in china but from her culture mm. uh, i found what? out where she came from she was celtic so i okay. found some old celtic things that would probably stimulate her mind to step out of get out of the way of interfering constantly Mm. and so she was intrigued when i do the treatments that uh, i would say things uh, say there was one a prayer in gaelic i went and learnt it Mm. and uh and whether i got the pronunciation right or not it just intrigued her it was odd Mm. um but it worked because she couldn't get in the way of it. She just kept being intrigued by the process. But the actual treatments was well, not a standard treatment, but they're a set treatment to help people with mm. deep, unresolved uh, rage. Mm. And she had a lot of rage. But she wouldn't let it out. So we, you just yeah. got to find a different method. Some people go off and do Qigong yeah. and it'll help. And other people go off to an ashram. Others will go sit in the mountains. Some will join a religion. Some mm. will, they'll find something to help release that, and uh, or not. Yeah, yeah. In which case, it stays on board, yeah. and it just gets repeated over and over again. Yeah, it goes through the same concept, same back pain, never goes away. Yeah, you keep and the damage isn't good enough. You know, look at you know, the X-rays show you're quite fine. Yeah, but there's pain. Uh, migraines that never stop. Yeah. They're not all based on that, but there's a big chunk. Yeah, they, they keep integrated. playing the same program over and over again. Yeah, it gets mm. stuck. Yeah, and is, is the result of it. So um, it sounds like to me, in my experience, I've done, um, you know, Tai Chi and Qigong and also some, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called Vibrant Celestial Meditation. It, it might be, it's, it's you get yourself to a point where you let go and you allow um you know what some people call the great spirit or your you know your subconscious whatever you want to call and you stop thinking and this thing 
uh, acts through you and you laugh hysterically, you go mm-hmm. into, um, you know, the most amazing ecstatic experience you've, uh, that, you know, you can do without taking any form of stimulant. Um, but it's, there's a point where it's like you switch off. Mm-hmm. Um, is it something like that that this woman experienced yeah. in the treatments? She yeah, became. She gave into it. Yeah. She, she, it confused, well, I wouldn't say it confused her, but <clears throat> it um, didn't fit her model. She mm. couldn't control that part. Mm. And there was a philosopher, Alan Watts, said once, the only way to get sane is to go out of your mind. Mm. Uh, and he, from that point, he meant that sometimes people going insane is their mind having a rest. Mm. Um, they're stepping away from the life they have right out. The trouble is you can't go too far. Yeah. So sometimes you have to step out of yourself and free yourself to let it out and then come back and observe your behavior or and hence he mentioned also hysterical laughter and mm. people doing the most bizarre physical gyrations yeah. yep. of letting go and yeah and this woman had one of those and yeah. uh, it was just odd to watch because she was freezing cold one minute you know she chattering yeah and uh and then hot and then uh, she, her back would bend like something was trying to climb out of her and, wow. <laughs> and uh, uh, i guess my se- second apprentice was in the room with her partner and they're all and i'm going yeah well this happens sometimes that was the way her body was expressing everything she put inside that she controlled yeah it had twisted her up yeah, and you, you can see how that would be, you know, in in all the times that that's that's an exorcism. That's you know, they would a, have said a demonic position. Pos- yeah, possession yeah, something some left. Yeah, yeah. And they thought it was a demon. Now mm. we know that people go through physical changes when when they release tension, and depending on how much you've been pumping in there, mm. and how well you've controlled it or yeah. manipulated it, will decide how you feel. And, and what symptoms and possibly what illness you develop throughout time. Yeah. Uh, and how much there has an influence over illness. Yeah, if you open up the floodgates. Mm. Gets floody. Mm, gets floody. Did you experience any of this when you were the apprentice? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe not quite like that, but I remember um, there was a friend of mine that I brought in. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh. I do. <laughs> Go on. Um, Something similar? Kind of, but it was more of an introduction. I th- I think the purpose of the day was to show me what was a potential as far as these things go. So, um, Ivan got me, he started and was working on the abdomen and got me to stand next to him hold my hand out over the top and then I can't I don't remember exactly what went on after that mm. I think I remember this story then he said now tell me what you feel and I just I just burst out crying I just lost it mm. so um, and it wasn't mine but it took me a long time to work that out yeah so whatever had been contained within my friend who was on the table at the day Mm. um, had been released and I felt it yeah so I think that that was like that was a moment where it was like oh 
So these things can happen as well. So mm. it's not just about, I don't know, it, it, it's another area of treatment mm. I mean, and, and possibilities. You know, quantum, quantum physics would be just basically energy and energy transfers. Mm. Mm-hmm. The argument comes, can humans actually really define that? But considering I've met people who've got such a good touch, they can tell you the size of a lump in the skin, and I've spoken and met surgeons with such skill that they can remove things with hardly any damage. Yeah, you've got to think that there's different levels of perception, and it happens in everyday life where people can feel the pain in a family member or someone they love, and that transfers to them. We yes. call it depression, whatever you want to call it afterwards, but it affects you. We're not isolated from it. And then we put it down to uh, just psychology. Well, in most cases, what isn't? But if you can get near someone who's going through something horrid and you touch them, something transfers to you, whether it's the vibration of their body and their tension or the feeling or the empathy that you have for them. Either way, you don't get to walk away scot-free. Mm. A couple of the twinologists, you want to call it, <laughs> doctors in China, had that effect on people. Just touching them, you could see the whole body just drop. Yeah, really? And, and you go, well, it's just got to be a full touch. Mm. He, he could make a person who's very upset and a lot of pain, just touch them. But he never touched him in the same spot twice. So it wasn't like, oh, just put your mm. hand on their shoulder, they'll feel comfortable, which is, you know, it's a common thing with mm. us. But no, he, he'd work it out before they even did an examination. He'd be mm. sitting there talking to them, looking in their eyes, and next to me he'd reach over at a different point on their arm, or he'll go, just put his hand in the middle of their lower back or in the middle of the back, and that's where all the pain is. And he said, you know, what's there? Yeah. Has to be. So. But they would just, I wouldn't say melt, but they definitely, it was a change in posture and everything. Immediately yeah. he touched them. Me, I'd touch them, they'd go a bit tight. <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> uh, but I, I was touching them from the point of view, you know, that's a muscle, that's some bone. Yeah. He, in the end, was touching a person from a person's point of view mm-hmm. who had pain and muscle and bone. Mm. And he'd been there long enough that even sitting with him was... Mm. You know, I'd calm down just sitting yeah. with him because he didn't know how to do anything but be really relaxed yeah. in life. Yeah, and that was the influence just being around them. Yeah, yeah um, they just had a manner. Just you probably saw something similar in Sri Lanka. Yeah, yeah. I saw a few there, and Anton had the same gift. Mm. He could just sit there and give him a big smile, and they'd feel very comfortable with him. And uh, his doctor, the people he trained, were the same. You know, it's just that happens with anyone if you feel really comfortable then you'll either let your guard down mm. and let things out but you allow the person you know if you find a, a you have to have surgery and you find a surgeon you just feel so comfortable with yes yeah they know that there's less bleeding uh, less anesthetic necessary they, they come out of it with mm. a better positive mm. and that's all simply from your point of view that I like you don't know this person much it's just the way they present themselves um, one of my ex-students uh, ended up with a brain tumour mm. and uh, it was a really good surgeon that lady was going to go see and I just said off the top of my head I said oh, 
my hero's Charlie Teo. Why don't you ring him up? And he said, well, that's, what do you think? I said, well, if nothing, he'll, he'll either tell you that you've got one of the best surgeons. Yeah. And then Charlie took him on. Mm. And they were talking 90%, which is pretty good removal. Charlie got 100%. Yeah. Um, but he said when he sat with him, it was like, you know, you can cut me up. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. He said he just mm. made me feel so, he informed me of everything. He yeah. said, but sitting with him had that moment where all that fear and mm. tension, he said, literally melted by the end of the session yeah. with him. Yeah. And then I was sort of excited mm. to have this man see if he could help me. Yeah, it, it certainly does. Uh, in my brief experience compared to to your uh, treating careers, um, you definitely notice a difference of people that you resonate better with uh, and how that affects the treatment outcome and how more um, likely they are to come back to see you as well. And yeah, you're right. That the, There's just those those people that you, you walk into the room and just you get that feeling of everything's mm. going to be okay. It's the vibe, man. Yeah, taking the pulse. Mm. That first touch, mm. the person taking this gentle reading and you trying to work out what he's trying to do, whether you believe that they can do it or not. Yeah. It's for the physician. That's what he's learned. That gives him an idea what yes. he wants. But that's also your first tactile contact. Yeah. And the thing about tweener that I've liked is that there's a, there's a tactile contact. You have a big effect on a human body, not counting that it's very specific treatments. Yeah. And, um, and then using that with acupuncture, I've found, found I get really good results mm. marrying the two together. Um, yeah, so it's suited me. Mm. Yeah, that um, the interaction of touch do certainly does make a big difference. Uh, it's probably what uh, I suppose a lot of the interaction with doctors is missing now. Yeah, I uh, think they're trying to go back to that. A lot yeah. of new doctors want to go back to actually the old-fashioned way of mm. talking, touching, checking. Um, yeah, so I think the the approach we, we went with, we've gone over the years with Tweener is where, how do you integrate it back into a, where it's not just simply fix a knee, that there is, you've always got a person at the other end with a whole multitude of issues yes. that may be influencing why something physical doesn't mend. Mm. And when I saw the complexity of tweener in China, they treated pretty well 90% of all children's disorders from right down to measles, that it wasn't just for structure, it was for influence immunity, influence, uh, your, your state of mind, your spirit, mm. you know, helping someone get better on a, on a holistic approach. Mm. And I think that's what I liked. It fitted into the five element that I learned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with, uh, with your uh, practice now, Martin, do you use a lot of twin R? Primarily. Yeah. Yeah. And because you obviously... The, the main lecturer for Tween Art Endeavour. Oh, I'm one of them. One of them? Well, yeah. Been there the, lo the longest, perhaps? Um, out of this little bunch, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, primarily Tween Art, are you, do you treat um, a, a wide range of conditions? It's like, what's your... If I can, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not a business person, so I've never really marketed myself very well yeah. on that front. 
um, I stepped into a clinic where a practitioner was moving away to do further studies. Mm. So um, the existing massage and acupuncturist was going on to do a postgrad in physiotherapy. Mm. So basically it was an issue of me stepping into his shoes. Mm-hmm. So um, I basically took over his client load just like that. Yeah. Um, and tried to switch as many people towards tweener as possible. So I still get to combine tweener and acupuncture. Mm. I, I like to do that, but I work at a physiotherapy clinic, so it's a. I don't want. It's gonna. It's a nuts and bolts place mm. if you look at it that way. So I don't necessarily allow my clients to understand that tweener and acupuncture can treat more than it can. Yeah. So they'll just think of it as bad back bad neck so mm. yeah i should put more time and effort into that yeah 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 but um just haven't yeah <laughs> uh, not a strong point <laughs> yeah you've, you've told me that on a number of occasions that that uh, the approach to business is something that yeah it's not my it's not my <clears throat> thing mm. i th- i can think of i'm good at promoting the medicine and I just haven't done that properly where I work. Mm. I'll, I'll frame it that way. Mm. So I should do that. Speaking mm. of promoting the medicine, mm. uh, there's a book, I believe. Yes, there is. In in, in the making? Yep. Yeah. Um, nearly made. Yeah. <laughs> After just a couple of months of... <laughs> I think I've driven Martin insane for eight years. It's been 10. <laughs> it's 10. It's 10. Really? Oh, eight was making me feel better. Uh, okay. Well, I can round it down. I'm fine with that. We'll go for the next and even number. It's, yeah. It's been a, it's it's been, been a long It's been haul. close to a decade. And Martin's done absolutely amazing work on it. Yes. Yeah. He's done. He's the one that's put most of the work in. I just sort of, I don't know, which part of I, I to do with. It's based on... You've, All the things I've learnt and Martin's learnt as we've gone along on this journey and mm. started with. The tweener I learnt, integrating it with um, trigger point therapy, china zhang, which is abdominal massage. And I didn't learn that as a, a thing. I mean, literally, I was given a book by a patient who said, you should read this because you've been doing my stomach yeah. and it feels better. Is it by Mente Chia? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. And and she handed me the book and, and, and I was already poking around, you know, finding that the gut was a great area for reducing headaches yeah. and, and that a lot of people's back pain came from there. You know, you could do their backs every week. Hmm. But once you started doing that, they were, they were getting longer and longer and I realised that there's these influences. And I used to look at, oh, it's in that muscle. And then one day found out that they weren't. They're in the bowel or they're in the viscera somewhere. Mm. Some of them weren't on the map. So it was more integrating that idea that the body's constantly got methods to deal with its illness. Mm. And those methods, once explored, whether they're inflammatory points or whether it's twisting muscles to try and take pressure off a disc or... And that there's other feedback that the, your stress model, that your reaction to the world has an influence over your posture and mm. uh, how your gut works now that there's... And then I started becoming really, really interested in 
gut brain relationship stuff by uh, uh, Michael Gershon. Mm. So I read his book, The Second Brain, and then there was stuff that I saw in Sri Lanka and Martin was looking into the same things and it, it didn't add up that it was all just bacteria. That's a massively important part, what you eat. Yeah. But as one naturopath, if you said to me, if it was so easy, we'd just eat the same food and we'd all be well. Mm -hmm. But there's this big area where there's this relationship between the way we think and the way we react and things that were built in. So we started, I guess the approach I started teaching was integrative. I started showing them stuff that wasn't, that's tweener. Mm -hmm. We only teach you yeah. tweener. It, it was never strictly tweener. Yeah, okay. I would add everything I could find, fill their heads with enough stuff that they'd go out and explore the world and come back and tell me. And as Andon said to me once, Joe Sudia, um, you cure nothing. So thank you, patient, for making you look good. Mm. So my <laughs> students have done the same for me. They've gone out and been successful. It makes me look good, mm. you know. So I just taught them everything I had in my head that day as much as I could. Yeah. So, and I'm still learning and I'm still confused about things, but it gives you an approach to a person to not just go, right, oh, this is what I used last time. Mm. There's always a twist. Yes. We were going to call it tweener. Uh, with, with a twist. With a, yeah, with a twist. Not uh, a catchy title. <laughs> so, <laughs> so trying to get more business-like. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, we should probably come up with a better title. Yeah, so that. an integrative approach to tweener uh, mm. was what we came up with. So it's just looking at it that it's it's not what you'd see in the schools. Yeah. It's way, way, way past that yeah. and mixed with a whole bunch of things. Yeah, and I, to try and encourage people to just be open. To keep an open mind about things. I mean, clients will bring in conditions that won't necessarily be explained by what you get taught in school. And if you're not encouraged to be flexible in your approach, then you're kind of screwed. Yeah. So if you don't learn to bounce around and think of things and then think of the not obvious things, um, then that's one of the skills I think you really kind of need as a practitioner. Mm. I mean, one of the things Ivan taught us was, and I've had clients that have come in, well, I've been to see a chiropractor, osteopath, physiotherapy, and none of this has worked. It's like, well, you can take two approaches. One is um, they've missed the obvious or they've actually gone and tried to treat the obvious, in which case your only option is to look for the stuff that's not obvious anymore. Yeah. So how do you do that? Now, that stuff's really hard to get on paper. That stuff's really hard to teach within a course and to have it codified and to tick all the boxes and sign yeah, that off and yeah. here are your learning outcomes well how do you influence or teach people to keep their minds open and be flexible so we've tried to pepper things with as many uh with different different case studies or just different little anecdotes yeah good just to say hey this has happened yeah um you should think of this yeah i think it's I, th I think it has to be the way to move forward to have an integrated approach to anything. Because if you're yeah. only ever looking at thing f something from one side, then that's all, it, all you can ever expect to have. It limits. Yeah. It limits the outcomes, but also limits growth. Yes. You, you know, you, you end up uh, 
having that tradition, what they call the traditional approach. Mm. And tradition by definition means nothing changes. Mm. So we, we took the word traditional off everything. Yeah. Because it's not a traditional. I cannot in any way say that if I went and taught this in China, that they'd look at me nicely. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure they wouldn't be un, mm. unhappy with what we've done because at no time we've thrown out anything they've done. In fact, explored deeper into what they were trying as they developed it. Yeah. You know, what, what they were trying to treat and how they were treating and the people they were treating at the time and mm. what they were influenced by. Yeah. And uh, it's been around a long time, so it's not going away. Yeah. It's just Hopefully. not being exposed enough. Yeah. It's um, just on the, on the note of, like you said, uh, the, the definition of tradition is that it doesn't change. Um, mm. In, I, I taught a... Um, uh, a CPD course of, um, in May and one of the, the whole points was the to look at acupuncture in a modern and integrative approach hence the name uh, and the one of the things I said was that the very ethos of traditional Chinese medicine or Chinese medicine is that stagnation leads to disease mm-hmm. and if, it, if all you're doing is using the same mm-hmm. format all the time then mm-hmm. aren't you doing the very thing the that thing. you're trying to yeah. yeah the thing you, you're trying to avoid yeah. you create yeah and yeah. uh and we, we like to think we're, we're doing something traditional mm. when we're studying or people say, I do traditional Chinese medicine. It's like, well, mm-hmm. what you're doing is only about 70 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, a new tradition, not so, an old yeah. one. Yeah, it's funny. And that then you go and take the history of Chinese medicine and you go, it's done nothing but change. Mm, absolutely. So, well, we only like, had the manufactured needle in the, like since the 70s. Mm. So to say that it's the same as what it was is not accurate. And Tweener came and went and yeah. was banned at one point, but only amongst the wealthy because you weren't allowed to look at the skin. And, uh-huh. is, you know. is that where the towel, using the towel comes yeah. from? Yeah, and not just that. Uh, you weren't allowed to expose the belly or the back. Yeah. So you had to go through the clothes. Yes. So, uh, but it was a medicine that was used well with the poor. Mm-hmm who it, it was more amongst the elite that you didn't do these things or more acceptable. Yes. But mm-hmm. it stayed alive down in the lower classes, if mm. you want to call it that, where it was a medicine that your grandmother could do, your grandfather did uh, and passed on. But, and I also think it's where a lot of the touch stuff came with uh, pulsing and mm. because you didn't have to go and poke the tummy but with tweeny you could do it through clothes so yeah. the little towel was the same thing just that little separation yeah in touch and i gotta say when i was doing sports with oils i had a, a reasonably good business yeah uh, but when i started doing tweener through clothes I tripled it because really? I could treat people who did not have to get undressed yeah. from cultures, uh, you know, little old Greek ladies. Who yep. I could treat and they didn't have to worry about anything yeah. um, except taking their shoes off. Yep. And um, it was a better model, made people feel more comfortable mm-hmm. that there was not a lot of exposure necessary. Yeah. So I think the tweener helped me huge amounts on that level because uh, I got access to people that would have thought about it very differently. Yes, yep. Uh, and massage had a, you know, well, I don't have massage because get undressed and don't like oil or, you know, it's got connotations. 
between the two all that way and and my patients became my business they this one Chinese doctor said to us uh, if you worry about your business you'll forget about your patient if you only worry about your patient they'll they have a wallet they'll happily share stuff with you yeah and he said so focus on getting them well they'll, yep. they'll go and sell you yeah. and that was my business model you know didn't mm. have business cards for 15 years I used to write them on post-it notes <laughs> got a business card my name and phone number um yeah it was my wife who i think you need a business card yeah, yeah. Oh, okay that'd be nice <clears throat> um yeah so it's that approach to um tweener has that extra approach to people is that you can do these things and uh on on a whole range so i've got a massively whole range from children right through and we tried to put that in there, but we left the kids' ones out. Mm. It's just too complex. Another book? It's got probably. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't got that many years left. Um, <laughs> I can't wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just chuck it out and say that if someone's written a better book somewhere else. Uh, it's no, I still want to do it. Oh, God, he would. Um, we've got the, the, the work there, but that's not our work. Okay. But it's our information I've collected over the years. And pediatrics is massive. Yeah. It's yeah. a it's a really big complex. I mean, adults are complex enough, but yeah. pediatrics but the, is... the kids are a completely different system. Yeah. Mm. And I think look part of getting everything down on paper has been finding a, a way to get it on paper that it makes sense and it actually is it's um more aligned with how the two of us think and how we think it could be presented mm. and it's not presented in an extraordinarily different way it's just a slightly different way yeah mm. so getting it to a point where you can look at it and read and go i'm comfortable with that that's taken a lot of time yeah okay um yeah. and um, both of us have had moments or extended periods where it's it's not been a priority but it's always been simmering there in the back somewhere yeah yeah Martin's been a good push. I tend to drift. Everyone knows that. You know, even in lectures. We'll go in a straight line. <laughs> we'll just go twice around the world yeah. and then we'll come back there afterwards. And and it's similar. Um, but the, I, I'm really proud of the work he's done on it. And the book, it, it is really a, the best we can do with what's in our heads to present it to people in a way that most people could read it mm. and, and learn from it straight away. Yeah. And we, we wrote it in a language that everyone could understand. Yes. Not just the therapist. Yeah. Um, but that's so that people who've done massage, or whether they've done Chinese medicine or not, can still mm. get benefits from it. But people who've done acupuncture who want to do a bit of body work, there's something they can go to and yeah. go, right, I can do that. Yeah. And I understand that. And also motivate them to go off and learn these other things. Mm. Have a look into it and see what there's out there and available to help people today that still fits into the model. Yeah, yeah. Do you go a lot into like both both sides of the uh, Western physiology and Chinese physiology, or partly? Mm. Yeah. yeah, we we like to marry both. Yeah, you know they're we're, there. We're possible. Yeah, I mean you could write an entire book on the Chinese perspective on things and mm. all that kind of stuff I think it goes into a little more depth than just your basic tween our book on different body systems from the Chinese medicine perspective yeah um, but 
like we haven't included aspects of anatomy and physiology in there because we'll assume that that's kind of implied knowledge or they can get another book <laughs> yeah. like Grey's Anatomy that will yeah, yeah. explain it a lot better than we yeah. could yeah. plus getting illustrations done is kind of expensive yes just a little bit um, so there's some assumed knowledge mm. but we try and present stuff from mm. both perspectives and blend it as well as possible where possible yeah yeah. Uh, is there a release date potentially when it's done we're hoping by the end of July aren't we no, that's what, no, that, that's yeah. what we were hoping no, for. No, I was hoping for by the end of June. Yeah, we're hoping so. This, this like, year. really so. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's just a couple of things to be finished off. One more run through, we go through and just edit, mm -hmm. check check what we need to check. Um, and there's a couple of drawings being done. Yep. And that should be it. A little bit of a layout and bingo. Mm -hmm. And then we've got that's, well, hopefully August, September. Yeah. Hopefully, but um, it's like the last ten percent can be another fifty percent effort. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Of course, I yeah. didn't realize how much work. Had I known how much work was going to be involved, might have followed my view. Throw it all on a piece of paper and hope for the best. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's looking good. Yeah, David Halpin was telling me about the like the process of writing his books, and it's just no, he's the smart one that's been able to. Get a publishing deal, and he doesn't need to deal with the editing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but so, I'm just saying, like, just to, to even start a book and then like to, to put it all together and, and want to do that, it's like it's an amazing, amazing effort. Look, it's completely narcissistic. To, to a large extent, it is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the best, dumbest decision, or the dumbest, best decision. Yeah. I don't care how you want to think about it. Um, it's a dumb thing to want to go and do, mm. but I think a lot of people have the idea that they would like to go and do something like that yeah actually getting it to happen is just a mountain of work mm -hmm. i had no freaking idea and had i known i probably still would have wanted to do it yeah but like honestly it's it's lucky he's doing most of them <laughs> oh my goodness me I, i'm just on the side going to the left that looks nice i like that <laughs> Um, it but, is amazing how much work's gone into yeah. it, but yeah, I will be glad when it's finished. Mm, me too. One, I want to just look at it. And nice enough, I've got over 100 people who've just said, well, when it's there, just send me a little message, I'd yeah. love to read it. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. And about half of my patients who have experienced me for years and just want to look in a couple, I swear, will go off and become... You know, it's something they want to do. Yeah, yeah. Just from being treated. Mm. Yeah, it'd be nice to get it out there and see how people receive it. And hopefully, yeah. they'll enjoy it and learn something. When it's about, when it's available, where where can people find it? On Amazon. Amazon. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ebook and I'm sure they can get it. Yeah, it, it's it'll, a way of getting it printed in the, a hard yeah, copy. Yeah, yeah. There'll be print on demand versions available as yeah, well. Yeah. It's, I'm kind of old school like mm -hmm. that. I like to have a physical book. Yeah. I think Ivan would just prefer to have it as an e-book. Mm. I'd like oh, I'm, I'm both. I like books. Okay. So I'll, I'll get myself yeah. a hard copy and stick it up on the shelf. And, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to a signed copy. Oh, yeah. Way. Yes, that'd be good. We can do that. Yeah. If that's all right. Yeah, definitely. Sign that e-book. <laughs> <laughs> Digital signatures. <laughs> no, no, that'd be good. We'll look that way. We've <laughs> thought about how to get this information out to people so there is a website 
people can go to if they wish. Yes, and that is? That is integrativetweener.com, that's all one word. Mm -hmm. um, or if you just type in, I think it's tweenarbook.com, yep. it will redirect you there because yep. that's a lot easier to remember. Okay, and you've also got tweenar.com.au? Yes, yep, sister site. Sister site. And, and there'll be a Facebook page as well that people can basically come and ask questions or yeah, we'll try and do whatever. things on there. So, or... you know, you can't really in, um, interact with a website that much, but mm. with Facebook, you can sort of do yeah. these things a little better. So, yeah. Um, that'll, yeah. Be, that'll be there somewhere. Yeah, I'll put all of the, uh, the websites and all of the links on uh, this post for the podcast. So, mm. when it gets posted around in the TCM community, everyone can find you and we'll figure out a way to get to you. And then, when you want. Yeah. So, guys, thank you so much for coming on. It's been. Well, been amazing. No worries. Thank you. No problem. Do it again sometime. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. Maybe after the book's released. What's it? Uh, <laughs> oh, that makes you giggle. Well, I was just thinking, like, well, I'd like to get drunk after it's released. Release it, come here, get drunk, do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like a plan? Yeah, uh, uh, that'd be funny. <laughs> sure. We, we may regret that. <laughs> you might regret that. We might. Someone might regret it. Sure. We'll, we'll, uh, wait, we'll wait and see what happens. We'll, yeah. we'll release it into the world and we'll sit back and it might be tumbleweeds and crickets and that's completely that's fine. fine. Oh, we don't care. I don't think so. I think it'll be... Uh, look, it'll, it'll be something else for people to be able to pick up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just um, another approach, that's all. Mm. Yeah. There's something that's sitting there that, yeah, we, we're really passionate about over the years. I'm still doing it after nearly 27 years, so mm. it's not going away. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, if you just you just approach it like the, your patience, like same with your book, it's just your passion. It's whether, you know, yeah. it will probably be, for that reason, it will probably be a big success. Whatever that means. Mm. Whatever it means. Whatever it's yeah. success is yeah. going to be. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you.